Hi, I'm Adrian Potter. Welcome to the Designer Maker Revolution. For most of my life, I've been curious about why people do the things they do, especially people that create for a living. In these episodes, I'm going to talk to people that design and make the most amazing things. I'm going to ask them how and why they do the things they do. Please join me on this adventure into a creative life. Folks, it's David Haig's part two. This conversation happened a couple of days after the first conversation and I was pretty careful not to have too much overlap. I don't think there is. I think there's. it's a pretty good follow-on. Um, we get into some pretty deep stuff, which is so super interesting. Hope you enjoy David Haig once again. Cheers. Hello. David Haig, it's Adrian here. It is indeed, David. Here, how are you? Have you had a nice weekend? So far, it's been really good. Thank you. And you? <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, my wife went off to Wellington for a couple of nights, catch up with uh, my eldest son and the, and the older grand, grandchildren, and a road society meeting, which she's she's involved in. And a rose so society. Yeah, she's she's very into it's called a Her- heritage rose society, and Bloody good. Um, she she loves that sort of thing, and she's. She's so damn good at it. She's she'll she'll end up as president of the whole outfit in New Zealand the way she's going because <laughs> she's just so nice to people and she's kind of enthusiastic and well organised. Yeah, keeping great. roses alive. Yeah, well, the old the old varieties that people yeah. tend you know the modern ones tend to have very little scent. So she mm. the old ones are kind of have got a kind of history. It's almost like it's sort of a. It is, it is, it's sort of um, a, a little a little aspect of colonial history, which and culture as well, which um, she's she's keen to try to keep alive as far as possible. And yeah. um, she's great at infusing people. So so we've got every nook and nook and cranny in our garden is filled with roses. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> which is not bad. Do you get involved in gardening? I do. Uh, no, it's, it, n- not not in a very creative way. I, I had an American friend at one time came round and he put his finger on what I do because I hadn't really got a word for it. He said, ah, oh, you do the yard work. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I do. That's I do the right. yard work. <laughs> I mow the lawns and I, I cut lawns. down bits and pieces and yeah. you know, I, I keep that side of it tidy. But yeah, not a very creative aspect of it. Oh, well. That's all right. Yeah, anyway. That's what I do too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gardening is just yeah. so not my thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just really is. I've just got virtually no interest. My dad, however, huge, huge interest in gardening. Yeah, it, it can, it can, uh, it can, it can pass. My, one of my sons is an amazingly keen gardener, really mm. good landscaper and everything. Mm. Um, that's my youngest, but the other two, pretty. You know, it, it's not it's not a big interest for me. What about you and cooking? Are you a cook? No. <laughs> You're not allowed? No. Well, you um, don't like <laughs> No, I, I, I think, I, look, you, you can go so many ways. I, I, I sort of blame boarding school a little bit. You know, oh, food yeah. was, you know, the best thing at, um, at my prep school, you know, was the uh, toast and butter for uh, breakfast. Everything else was foul, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Your you taste buds sort of, have been obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, still for me, uh, I mean, Claire cooks, is not only a wonderful gardener, she is an incredible cook. And um, she mm. just, 
in the sense that she's constantly creative and, and it seems effortless and she feeds uh-huh. great numbers of people at the drop of a hat and, yeah. and it's always beautiful and very fresh she loves picking things straight out of the garden so mm-hmm. I'm kind of spoiled rotten but when I'm on my own I kind of revert to my <laughs> I'll revert really you know I'll eat just pasta and I sort of I, I make a pretty good tomato sauce and That's a pretty it. good beef stew and things like that but um, and salad I like salad now Rickie, but, uh, being a creative person it's it it makes it a lot easier if you've got a partner to support you in the crime. Oh boy, I I, I can't say just how amazing Claire has been to, in, as a support. Yeah. All my creative life, she's just been absolutely one hundred percent. Which is yeah, and it's enabled it to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's enabled it. So you know, if I if I had one piece of advice for for an aspiring woodworker, is find a partner who's really supportive. Yeah, look, I'd I'd say a aspiring creative person. Full stop. I yeah, know you can do it, but I I don't know many people who've been successful over a long period who don't have a a really strong support. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I really do. Is she creative apart from cooking and gardening? Does she work? Both her parents were really, her father was an exceptional artist and painter, and her mother was a brilliant watercolorist, really wonderful. But she's not a, she's not a painter. She had, makes no pretensions or has and really no particular ambition to be a great painter, but she is the most amazing teacher of art for children. Is that right? She, she teaches children art, and her art classes are um, hugely popular, and she's very well loved for that. I think so, yeah, she can infuse people. A- creative pursuit sorry for interrupting i didn't absolutely in, but yeah it, actually it's a good segue to prompt you on your feeling about teaching and how long you've been at it and yeah it, I, I think well i i got sort of seriously into woodwork teaching um about 20 years ago now i guess when i when i first went to the uh, uh center for furniture craftsmanship in maine mm. were you invited was, there to teach or were you uh, uh, well there was a it was one of these wonderful serendipitous things. Uh, in, in 2000, I got a, a, a hand in those days, a handwritten letter from uh, Mary Moser, who was Tom, yeah. Thomas Moser's yeah. wife, saying, my husband and I are visiting New Zealand for the first time, and someone gave us your name and said that you were a good cabinet maker, and my husband would like to visit you. Would mm. that be okay? Mm. I promptly went into a, a massive tailspin because I just happened to have read his book and, <laughs> and seen, seen, that, seen his catalogue of sort of 50 50. Beautiful colour pages of all his, mm. uh, you know, back then, you know, beautifully contemporary um, Shaker-styled mm. furniture. So three weeks or so late, no, probably more, a month later, they, they, Tom and Mary turned up at our place, and uh, it was like a whirlwind through my little woodworking world, actually. His sort of vision and scope was so big and, and, mm. and, and kind of creative as well, but he just... Went through, went through my setup, and said, "Now nah, I've got to get rid of, it. get this, get this, try this, try that." And I thought, "Wow!" Um, and then at the end of the visit, of course, he said, "And, and if you and Claire ever are in the states, come and visit." And um, yeah. it happened that the following year, we actually did our first for twenty years, our first big world trip, and we took yeah. in America and thought, "Well, that would be wonderful to go and visit Tom and Barry. We love them both." And so we went to stay. So. Uh, about the third day staying there, which and they have got the most beautiful place on an island, virtually on an island with a 270-degree view out over all the little islets and wooded hills and and um, beautiful sea out on the main coast there. 
And about three days into the visit, I think he was probably getting a bit bored of me, or something, I'm probably not. But um, uh, he said, uh, I'll take you up to, um, to uh, Rockport. Uh, I've got a friend who's just starting, who's starting up a wood school. He's a very mm-hmm. good guy, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm on the board, and I'll introduce you to him. Mm-hmm. So um, I went up with Tom Moser and met Peter Korn, who was, uh, had just, well, about five years ago, I think he'd started the, his own wood school there. And I honestly didn't. I, you know, I showed briefly around the, the school, and it was great. And Peter was a very diplomatic, kind of courteous, classic sort of preppy East Coasting kind of yeah. guy, but uh, very onto it. And I really didn't think a whole lot more of it. And we went back, and that was it. And then, and then when I got home, I had an email from Peter Corn saying, "Would you like to come and teach next year? Steam vending at the wood, Woodwork School, and we'll pay your airfare and pay you to do it, and give you a house and a car and everything." And Bloody just, good! How's that? It was absolutely astounding to me because I had no ambition in that direction, really. But he he really liked he he then put my rocking chair um, on the front cover of his of his newsletter for that year, which was like what? So um, Mm. that's what I meant about when I was talking to you before about the rocking chair. No, it's Mm. just it's been my passport, really. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much good stuff, really. But anyway, so that was it. I, I went the following year, and um, I loved it. And Claire came too, and and then that was 2002. And then in 2004, um, we went back. and We had a, a whole 12 weeks. Um, um, me and a, another guy did a, a 12 week, what they call an intensive program together. We ran the whole thing, yeah. and we just had, I think, actually, you know, it's, it, it's a hard thing to say. Well, not a hard thing to say, but I do think it was one of the happiest periods of our entire life, married life together, it was just such fun. Being in Maine over a whole summer, uh, I had the kind of constant pressure which I'd had for 25 years of trying to keep money coming in by making and selling and making and selling. Suddenly there was 12 weeks where I was effectively on a salary, and it meant at the weekend, Friday night, bang, finish. And we could explore this beautiful part of the world in a lovely part of the year, you know, the summertime living in a little, beautiful little coastal town, and we were out out in the country here, and that was an experience, being close to little cafes and restaurants and art galleries, and um, the whole thing was just glorious. So we really fell for the place, and fortunately, Peter has invited me back every every couple of years since, so we've had a lot of lovely times there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good that Claire can go with you. And yes, it's it's like her her break because she she works nonstop around the place here and, and mm. you know looking after family and doing her teaching and she's never never ever not busy. So um. like going to Maine is when she has like a downtime. Yeah, and she loves it. Yeah, you're not going this year. I'd, no, hang on a sec. No, you'd be going in June and July. Here my. I am actually. Um, yeah. Actually, this is the third year in a row, which is really unusual. Boom. Yeah, I don't quite know how that's worked out, but Claire and I both uh, hit 65 this year, so, well, actually Claire at the end of last year, and me shortly in March, so we thought we'd have a, um, you know, on, on the on the back of that enormous pension, um, <laughs> we'd, have a, we'd have a trip, and uh, I've got a brother in Germany. <laughs> I've got a brother in Germany who I haven't uh, I haven't visited his new place. He's moved, he's lived there for about ten years, and I'm meant to see him. We've got lots and lots and lots of friends in England, and uh, mm. in fact, it's embarrassing now when we go to England. We almost have to shut up about it, and because you know we're, we're going to you know offend someone by not seeing them. And Claire's got all her old friends, and mm. she's amazing. Uh, on top of everything else, she's also amazing at keeping in touch. Mm. She keeps in touch not only with all her old friends. But all my old friends do. <laughs> so what would I'll you do you, without her? I would be a complete useless git, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think, I think yeah. having a partner in life is a really, really important, important thing. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's without, without doubt. You asked and you gave me some of these nice little questions. You said, what's the best decision you ever made? Yeah. And uh, it was to get married to Claire. No question. That is super <laughs> good. And not surprisingly, it's a fairly common response too. Okay, yes, yes. Well, that's nice to hear. Yeah, or that's have children. Nice children... It depends on where people are coming from with that particular question. Some people take it as a more of a business thing. Right. But most people, yeah, it's getting married or having children or both. Yes, yeah. Well, it's funny, the, the having children bit was, you know, we said we didn't have children, the children had us. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of, we did, they turned up. I think I said that <laughs> On the doorstep, week, down the back of the cabbage patch, delivered by a stork. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we were kind of very open-minded, sort of kind of not true hippies because we just wasn't our background, but we were mm. kind of hippie-ish and we, we, we read the continuing concept and we read all about Findhorn and, you know, the magic garden there. And we were very, very open to sort of good things and having children seemed very much good things. Yeah. So a little no bit time. more alternative than the what would be the 60s, 50, 1950s, 1960s stereotype of success. You're questioning, questioning yes, it what was, it could be. It, it was. I mean, we, we were a little late for that. We weren't full, you know, to be full-blown hippies, you really had to be, you know, 18 or 19 in 1968. And, mm. and, you know, I was only, what, what was I, yeah, um, 13 or 14 then. So it felt like a bit of a late run, but it was still still thriving in New Zealand in 76, 77. Yeah, I think in Australia too. I mean, it's still hanging around. There's plenty, yep, of, yep, plenty no, of people that... Yeah, there's, there are places in New Zealand where you, 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 you step back. You go back 30 years when you look at everyone, they're all tie-dyed, got you know, <laughs> loose-flowing garments and, and dreadlocks and looking pretty stoned and probably are pretty stoned, and, but very happy and often very creative and... Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. What I'm going to do, I'm going to talk to you about how, what it's like for you in business. Are you okay for that? Yeah, sure. When you started up your own business, did you have a plan for it or a big idea or was no. it just organic? And No, I, I, I didn't. I really, really didn't. It grew at its, in a sort of lumpy, bumpy way. It just it just grew. No, I, I mean, when I started uh, my own business, uh, I guess it really started. I, I became a sort of self-employed builder for mm. uh, six months, and then I went to England. Did trained as an antique. Well, didn't train. Mm. I just worked in an antique restoration shop. Came back and decided that was probably <laughs> one of the only times I really no, not the only time. I, but one of the times I seriously decided, well, I, I can do this, and I think I can make a card this. So I, I um, you know, got some business cards and found a workshop in, in Nelson, which is like half an hour's drive away from where we lived, and set myself up as an antique restorer. And it paid the bills. It, it enabled me to get going. And, and I was very grateful for that. And, and I saw a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, it really got me interested in furniture, that's for sure. Yeah, you can learn a lot, it, can't seeing you? Thing, seeing things that I liked. And then, as, as I said last time, uh, talking to talking with you, you know, yeah. I, I gradually winnowed. A winnowing process happened, and my... My taste and my appreciation changed and refined mm, over, over a few years. sophisticated. I guess I'd better just say there's two things I just want to add here that 
this is the second part of our conversation. Uh, it's a couple of days after our first part of our conversation. So if there's any repetition here, you have to, I have to apologise because I won't have edited it out probably. But also I just want to mention that it was a great segue from talking about being half a hippie into business. How's that? It's pretty good, wasn't it? Just completely changed the subject like that. Um, That's something I did. You didn't do it. I did it. I was just trying to make a segue for myself in posthumously, which I didn't do very well. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. How did you, how did you get your first clients? I, we may have already talked about this too, but I'm, I'll just go um, through it anyway. It was actually the very first like client for furniture for a piece of furniture was a friend who we were all having all our friends having babies, and very sweetly he just asked me one day, would I make a high chair Bloody good. for um for them? And I'd been doing a bit of wood turning and. So I thought, yeah, I could probably nut that out. So I just looked at how a Windsor chair was kind of put together, and I had a little very simple model of a kind of Windsorish high chair that we'd bought in a junk shop that we, we had at home, and I thought, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I could see the angles, what's going on there, and um, drilling out and wedging the, the legs through and cutting the cutting the stretches. And anyway, so I made a, a, a quite elaborate little, very Victorian-looking a high chair and sculpted the seat quite deeply, uh, mainly on the lathe on a sort of wobble, wobble, make, wobble sort of thing to get the back out and then carved oh, it out as best I could. I mean, I really didn't have much of a clue what I was doing, but but he was really happy. And then, as I I've done I've done all all the way through my career, really, it, it kind of worked well enough. that I thought, yeah, well, this is worth refining a bit. So the tray and everything, the mechanism for the tray, and able mm. to sort of slide it out and clean it. And, way it folded over, I, I gradually got that better. And I must have ended up making perhaps 15 of them, I suppose. And But that was my very first piece. And then what happened was in um, 1984, a, a, group of, a, a group of young guys who are a bit more advanced than me as, as woodworkers, more who had definite aspirations to be furniture makers, well, I was still primarily a restorer and I made a few bits of furniture. Anyway, they put on a show, a, co- a sort of cooperative show in Christchurch at the Christchurch um, and, you know, one of the halls in Christchurch. Mm. And they clever guys, a couple of very clever guys in, in the show, and they coincided, they timed it to coincide with the something like the Canterbury Furniture Manufacturers Federation's annual furniture show, which was a big trade show in Christchurch, which was mm. the most boring furniture you've ever seen. <laughs> and I've been to a few. I know what they like. Yeah, it was, this was, this, mm. this was like 80, 84 in New Zealand, you know, think 74 or even 64 for a lot of places in the world. It was just very behind in, in, in many ways. So the guy, and the guys decided to call it the Alternative Furniture Show, which was a clever mm. little play. To their amazement, it worked really well and people poured mm. in. I mean, if you were doing anything remotely different back then, you could kind of sell it. The right thing at the right time. Yes. And so I, I, I decided for my first show, which was actually was 84, I think 83 was the start year. So I came in the second year and I thought I'd make, I'd make a rocking chair, a high chair and a dining chair. I was, in, was interested in chairs straight away. Yeah. And so I came up with my first rocking chair design and um, it was amazing actually. It was a thing of not great beauty, but it was it was kind of well sculpted, a sort of vaguely Malouvian. I think I've talked about it before. Mm. But anyway, the opening night happened and we got the local member of parliament mm. for that 
part of Christchurch to come in and give a little talk and a bit of wine and all this sort of thing. And then she did the rounds of, of a, maybe a dozen stands with all the makers and all our stuff. And she came to my stand and she said, could I have a sit on your rocking chair? And I said, certainly not. And so she sat on it. And then she got up and pulled out a checkbook and said, how much is it? <laughs> And all the guys were green with envy, oh, but you know it was amazing. So it was the first yeah. that was the first thing that ever sold, like in a, in, in that setting for me. I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I remember going home and going back to where I was staying and ringing my wife with a quivering voice and saying, "Claire, you won't believe it! I just sold my fucking chair to the lady that opened the show." It was such such excitement, the squeals at the other end of the line with all the yeah. kids, you know. Anyway, yeah. it was great. I can great just moment. imagine. Yeah, yeah, the first sale is, is, well, especially something like that, which is a large sale. There's it something was. very special yeah. about it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It it did feel, and and a lot of times, you know, my, my whole life and career has felt like that. Like, there's a sort of providence that's beaming on me, you know, even though I have oftentimes done my very best to stuff it up. Um, uh, I don't quite, it never quite works. <laughs> I never quite works, and I, I seem to come up, come up with you know, right way up yet again. Oh, look, David, I think you've got some karma going on. Maybe in your past I, I, life, you were just. I know, I, I must stately. have done something awfully good. <laughs> I just, I just feel I've, I've used all the good karma up this no, time. I'm not looking probably, forward to the next. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're probably feeding back. It's probably good. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What about employing people? Have you ever employed and had apprentices? I, I've always been a bit chary of that, like apprentices, because I trained myself. Mm. I, I really hadn't, didn't have a template for training someone. So when I when, when the, the, the monogram chair was really taking off in about 2000, 2001, and, and I, I got this huge backlog of, of orders suddenly built up over about three months, mm. and I, there's no way I could... I could make them all. I actually had to buy a piece of land off the farmer next door who very kindly agreed to sell me a strip, build another, hold another barn workshop, um, employ two guys and train them up and, and took about 16 months and we, we got through this huge backlog of about 32 walking chairs. Yeah. And just finding the wood, you know, the walnut I needed was, it was really, um, that was the most pressured time I've had. I realized at that time that I, I could, when I when I knew what I was doing and had a piece that I knew exactly what was needed, I could employ people, and they were great too. Um, mm. One of the guys I employed was um, well; they were both actually excellent. But one of the guys um, went on to be employed by Peter Jackson, building his fleet of First World War absolute perfect replica biplanes and triplanes. Oh, wow! How exciting would that uh, be? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fly in one. But I'd love to. With that? I wouldn't want to fly in one. No, but the, the, he was making them to the extent that, you know, all out of original, like ash yeah. and covered yeah. in, in um, canvas. And he even had the, you know, the engines blocks cast as, as per original. What's everything. That chap's name? He'd be a really interesting person to have a chat to. Peter Jackson. Oh, oh Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm. He's him. Um, he, no, he's, Peter Jackson. If he's like. Yeah, Malcolm too. Hey, but somebody who <laughs> Peter Jackson. Sits well, Peter Jackson. Yeah, he was. Build biplanes. He's, he's probably God. a guy you wouldn't you you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't readily chat with Peter or with Nicky's. I mean, you wouldn't. You know, well, you know, he's Sir Peter Jackson, and um. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better than you know, by the minute. Head of the Lord of the Rings, and you know he's you know the guy that did the Lord of the Rings. Oh so. God, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Now and yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd probably so, find it hard to get hold of him. 
it, it might not be quite as simple. No. <laughs> Peter, if you're out there and you're listening. You can talk to Hoi Polloi like me, but Peter, Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could talk to him about The Hobbit as well. Yeah, well, I wish you would because I thought that was a terrible... That was a terrible shame after the beautiful Lord of the Rings Lord trilogy, Rings which I thought he did really well, but The mm. Hobbit was just like way, way too much yeah. for the little story that it was. You know, anyway. Well, yeah. Should we do some cinematic reviews? <laughs> now that we're here? Yeah. No, yeah. we could, but we won't. We could, but have, you've got you, other. Have you ever felt that your practice is completely sustainable? In, in, in what way sustainable? You mean environmentally um, or, or business? Well, you could, you could say environmentally. I think that if you've planted trees, I think you can argue yeah. pretty strongly that you've probably planted more than you're ever going to use. So let's not worry about that too much. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking more economically. So you know that you've got, say, 12 months of work ahead of you, say, if that makes you feel pretty confident. Don't have to worry about where the next uh, how the bills are getting paid. That would make you feel like you've got a sustainable business. Yes, it it's just sort of b- bounced along like that, really. Um, and as you say, you know, I've, I've rarely had a year's work ahead, but usually, often four to six months, and then and other things turn up. And there is a point at which, after so many a number of years, that you kind of stop worrying so much, mm. and you just sort of think, well, something's working here. People are finding me. Mm-hmm. I've never been quite sure how they found me, but they find me and they turn up and they're prepared to pay what I'm asking. And so we keep going. And, you know, it's it's kind of worked out, but I, I really, it, I'm also woefully inadequate in terms of business planning. There's just none. It just happens. Yeah. It, and I, 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 I honestly don't quite know why, but it's it's just worked. I mean, I wanted it to work, obviously. Mm, you probably and, worked and so, you hard know, to get it to work as well. And if you're... Not, I don't know. I think if you let go of things a little bit, don't try and cross every T and dot every I. Sometimes yep. things can fall into place in the right way. I absolutely agree with you there. I'm yeah. Absolutely yeah. The alternative is to be super anxious and just fight hard and go in hard. And I yep. think yep. in a creative pursuit, it's, I think you come across as having less integrity perhaps. And if we take it for granted that when somebody commissions a creative person, they actually take they, they want part of person that they're commissioning. You know, they want yeah. they want that little piece of their creativity, yeah. their soul, perhaps. If you're going in hard and being very business like about it, it's not that you don't. It's I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to get the words here, but you can sort of get the sense of where I'm coming from here. Yes, I do, and I, and 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 I'm really with you. And on that, I agree that what should come across should be obviously, ideally, as authentic as 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 possible. I as, like that word, actually, authentic. I like that word as, a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I, it's that's been to me a key thing. Is 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 that. In, in a way, you know, working here, I mean, Tui Cottage, where we've lived for 40 years, uh, it's grown with us. It was always a beautiful place, but incredibly almost to the point of primitive when we first moved here. And it's, it's I mean, it is just like a little cottage but, and a collection of sheds, but it's linked by this beautiful garden that Claire's, Claire's mm. made. And part, part of it was already there, but Claire's just turned it into something very beautiful. Mm. And again, again, though, without... We're very alike. We we don't plan. We 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 allow good things to happen, and we sort of nudge the good things in the right direction and try to avoid doing things that aren't so good. But we mm-hmm. don't have a kind of 
a master plan that we impose on things. You know, that's just not mm. the way we, we run our life. It's a much gentler way of approaching it, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. And it feels, I've always been a great follower and admirer of the Dalai Lama and his mm. his, um, his philosophy. Are you a Buddhist? rooted kindness. Am I Buddhist? No, no. Just sensitive to it. I was brought up Anglican, Protestant. Mm. I'm not church-going person at all. I, I don't like going to church, really. It's, it's not my thing, but, but I've got to... I have, a, I have a great respect for all religions at, at their essence. And mm. the, the Christian... Interesting, you know, the Dalai Lama came to Nelson and gave a talk one time. Mm. Several times. Uh, twice. In one of your uh, rocking chairs? He said <laughs> no. in that, didn't he? No, he, he has not. He's not sitting in my rocking chair. But um, I went to one, and one of his talks, he said, um, he wanted uh, to, I'm going to talk to you about Tibetan Buddhism. But I want to say, first of all, I don't want to convert anyone to Tibetan Buddhism. She mm. said, if, you, if you're brought up in a Christian culture, follow the Christian culture. And if you're brought up in a mm. Buddhist culture, follow the Buddhist mm. culture. But don't jump ship. It's not that easy and often doesn't work well. I was brought up in a Christian ethical background, and I have a great respect for the stories of uh, the Gospels, not the Old Testament, really. That's, that's gory and ghastly, really. But I have a great respect for, for, the, for the Christian teachings, as I have a great respect for, for Buddhist teachings. Mm. But I, I would never call myself a, a Buddhist. I, no, I'm not that. I'm, I'm, I'm nor, nor will I call myself really a Christian, but because I think you have to practice in, in some communal sense of the mm. word. But um, re- religion to me is, is at the heart of, the, of human psychology. If you reject religion, you've, you have cut out a huge, uh, hugely interesting and I think important part of what human psychology and potential is really all about. There's a, there's a big topic. <laughs> That's a pretty interesting idea too. So you couldn't say that you were an atheist? No. No, but you no. don't follow a religion, so no, uh, uh, no. I, I, it's funny when people say I, I don't, I don't believe in God. Mm. I, I'd say more. I'm not sure. Does God believe in us? <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we he's forgotten. Okay, we, 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 he can't remember. We speak. We speak too lightly. We speak too lightly if we if we. Um, if we bring up the word God, I, I think it's it, it's a concept that is too vast to just lightly sort of speak of. And I, I guess I, I guess I'm probably more animistic in a sense that I have a, a like like many people, you know, periodically, my I, I kind of have the feeling that I'm just on the on on this side of a of a door, which if it opened a little more, I would see something way way bigger. But I. I just have a hint of it, like it's a sense of it. It's there, but I can't really see it or touch it. But it's sort of a, I guess I'm an animistic transcendentalist or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, whatever it is. What you said just then I think is quite profound. Well, it's it's probably, it's an an area which I've thought about um, a great deal. Mm-hmm in my life and without coming to hard conclusions. Do you find it when you work, that sense where the door is just about to be opened or is it in other areas um, of daily living? Or it, it, It's at its, at its best. Everything belongs a little bit to that world, you know, the, the good things mm. in one's life, the, the creative things, the, the happy things, the, 
you know, the giving things, the kind things, you know, and conversely that, you know, the negative, small-minded, petty, greedy, and, and, and all of which I am also that, you know, that don't belong so much to that world. So, yeah, when, when everything is, sometimes when, I, when I'm making something, I, I, I feel like, you know, everyone has something, they, a little gift of, of some sort that they, they have. Uh, it might be, um, uh, you know, it might be in beautiful writing or it might just be in, being in kind, being kind to other people or being, uh, you know, whatever, whatever field, whatever field it might be in. And sometimes I do feel that with, with my work, that, that, you know, whatever small talent I do have, I, I'm, I'm putting it out there and people are enjoying it. And they definitely do enjoy it. And it gives me great pleasure when I see people see my work and, and, and sort of yeah, sense a kind of a, a beauty and a, a, I hope a kind of joyfulness as well. Mm. And, and that, that's a wonderful thing. And, and that's, that's common. To, um, you've talked to lots and lots of creative people and you are one yourself. So, I mean, that's a common, that's a common enough feeling, but I, I, I do have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be hard. Hmm. It's, it's pretty clear that your work, the, the quietness in you is there in your work. The, the, I think it'd be hard for people if they looked on the internet to see exactly what's there in your work. But when you are with one of your pieces and you can touch it and sit in it, there is something there that is almost intangible. And I think it's pretty rare, David. And I think your approach to life is also quite rare well that's that's a, that's that's, yeah, that's nice of you to say and and and, and, and I, I do i do feel kind of blessed you know I, I, it's it's just ridiculously blessed actually it's kind of would be the worst thing in the world if i felt this blessed and could give nothing no, and yeah, nothing I did that's an interesting that, thing, so. isn't it? So you, you're giving back. What, what's the okay? So there might be a few people out there, heaven forbid, that don't feel quite so blessed. What's the top three pieces of advice you can give people so that they might be able to have a bit of this blessedness in their lives? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, uh, follow the road. I think. I, I think. Yeah, I, right. I, I really think one uh, de- sort of do everything you can to to de- de-stress to de-stress the the, the, the body to, to to try to see anxieties as kind of a real massive waste of energy. And because um, mm. I've, I've had this, I mean, I had definitely. Uh, I guess the, yeah, just to go back one step, my my life has not always felt felt so blessed. It, it felt mm. increasingly blessed, I guess. But I, I did have. <laughs> this is like uh, I kind of paid for it a little bit. I, I had a rough time at, at boarding school, um, yeah. in some respects, and I, I, I did end up uh, with a, a very definite anxiety disorder, which had, it took years and years to sort of calm down. But um, did you get therapy? Uh, no, and I believe I should have. But my pride, partly family pride, just couldn't accept that I needed it. But I actually yeah. think I did. There's a bit yeah. of shame involved, isn't there, with actually asking for help? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm of a mind that that's, uh, that's something to overcome at the very beginning. A lot of, God, I hope, look, a lot of the pe- people I talk to are 
this is part of the conversation. What do you do when you've got anxiety or depression? What are the skills that you've got or learnt? Yeah, I think some, um, I think some, some, some work on the body, some body work, some, some. Um, are you talking uh, yoga or are you talking meditation? Yes. Or? Look, it, it, that that can be an approach for, for people. Um, Pilates was was a, a big help um, for me, but, okay. but, but more more particularly for what I thought was just you know t- tension in, in in the body, but it definitely helped. Meditation, although I'm not a meditator now, I used to be a meditator. That can help. It's a that's a tricky one, but 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 it's it, I mean it's one of the it's one of the hardest things I've ever done as well actually. Um, just just trying to I mean every every fibre of your body screams that because we want to be doing. Oh, no, <laughs> and, and in meditation you're sitting doing nothing and you're not you know not doing nothing is maddening and so the voices mm-hmm. in your head just crowding. Yeah. But um, there are some very good Buddhist meditation teachers who. In the early days, they they, they said, um, if you're sitting meditating and your voices are crowding in your head, uh, adopt what what he called the sword and the stream approach. And uh, that that was good. And I think in life, too, it's good. You better explain what that would be. Well, uh, the the, the stream is um, accept Mm -hmm. whatever arises as um, whatever is arising and allow the thoughts Mm -hmm. just to pour through Mm -hmm. in a a stream. But Mm -hmm. at a certain point, maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes, you adopt the approach of the sword. And with a sword, you stand at the doorway and every thought that comes, you chop it off of the head. And you maintain that alert state of no thought, no thought, no thought, for as long as you can manage until the sort of pressure builds up too too much, you chuck the sword down again, you open the door and let the stream happen. Mm. And you do this over a period of maybe, if you're doing a long meditation, maybe over a period of some days or even if you're in seriously into I it. I can't imagine you meditating for days. Have you done I did. You I did, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. That was, you um, didn't need either. Complete fasting. Oh yeah, well, no, you, you, you ate, but I can't tell you what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I had I had serious thoughts for, for you know for a brief while of you know becoming a kind of a kind of like a monk really. Yeah. I, I, I basically the, the meditation at that intensity, and I was very sort of passionate, yeah. young man. It, it opened up. The kind of inner world, and I realised that if you, if you wanted to explore the inner world, the sort of cosmos within, it wasn't it wasn't something you could just pick up and, and and throw down. You know, it was a incredibly intense, absolutely absorbing pursuit. And if you wanted to do it, I could I totally understand why you would want to become a monk, mm-hmm. because there's no there'd be no other way. You'd you, you, you'd have to get that pure focus. But I'd had two kids by now, even three. That and, would be um, a bit unfair on them. Yeah, and I, 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 I and, and and it it did dawn on me quite very, you know, it's a very definite thought. Whatever else is happening in this life, David, this is too late. You can't do it this way. You, you now have a family, and so forget it. Don't try to go down. That you probably path. could do it now. Possibly, yeah, I possibly could. Except for the, Claire. The, She'd have to yeah, become it, uh, a, yeah, she, she wouldn't be happy. <laughs> no, she wouldn't be happy. And, and the grandchildren, actually. I think my, my children, I don't think anyone would be all that happy. Uh, no. But, but the, that, that was the sort of the, the, the traditional way in India, wasn't it? You hit 60, 
and you gave up your goods and you renounced everything and you went into the mountains or into an ashram and you became a, um, who a practitioner that. and a yogi and yeah. spend yeah. the last years of your life trying to, to understand the cosmos in a, in, in, in a deeper way. Trying to atone for all your sins, maybe. Ah, oh, no, that's more of a kind of Catholic purga- purgatory view of it. No, no, your hair, shirt, and your and your lashes. Oh no! no <laughs> Purge no. yourself of. No, I think it's gentler at this age. You can be gentler on yourself, but um, anyway, um, there's so much more experience too, isn't there? And you know, things yeah. like anxiety are more easily seen in a perspective. It's not that yeah. you don't feel it. You could feel it really strongly, depression and anxiety at any age. That's but the, nah. I'm thinking of people I know just recently. Of no, I have to retract yeah. that that statement. I have to pull it back. Yeah, it, it could. It's devastating at any age. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrible scourge. Um, and you know, for many people, you know, their whole life, the whole inner life is a, a kind of a battleground for trying to overcome. You know the the kind of those overwhelming feelings that that can can arise and and you don't know where they came from. You don't know how to get rid of them. Yeah. You don't know how to cope with them, and you just kind of um, fumble your way along. So you asked me for some advice. So I would say, if you have those feelings, then the the, the, the first thing is to try some some method which um, through the body, because the body is 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 a is a quick way to connect with. Um, mm. Feelings, you know, feelings mm. in the body are very closely connected, uh, and you can sometimes mm. you, you can you can often put it in a place and say, okay, it's my solar plexus that is constantly <laughs> clenched, right. or my neck that is constantly clenched, yeah. or my shoulders that are constantly clenched. Mm. Well, those are the parts to work on. Do you know, get some work done to get some massage. And separate the thought from the feeling in the body, because a thought can't hurt you, but a feeling in the body can. So that well, intimate you, relationship can be broken. If you have a thought that's negative and you don't like it, the thought will pass. But the feeling that comes along with that, and all, all thoughts have feelings in the body. If you separate those two out, it sounds counterintuitive, but it's yeah. very powerful. It, 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 I, I, I'd say that, that, is, that's, that is very powerful and very hard to achieve. It requires a... But we don't even... I, I, when I found out about that, I, I argued with uh, the person that was explaining this fact to me. Yeah. And I came to acknowledge that, well, actually, no, if I feel something, anxiety or depression or something's bad, it's just happened. There is always feeling in the body. And yeah. you can help with the thoughts by going into that feeling in the body, concentrating on that, focusing on it, and separating the feeling in the body from the thoughts in the mind. Yeah. It's an incredible, yeah. powerfully, it's an incredibly powerful skill to um, practice and learn. And I think I would do it every single day, every day, yeah. at least yeah. many times a day. Yeah, well, that sounds like a great practice, actually, Adrian. That's yeah, but it's the know. same. That's what you're... I, I, I think yeah, it's, it's what it, it, it is in, in a sense. I, my experience has been uh, that the, the, you don't... You, you don't conquer the citadel in one in one fell swoop. You know, it's a it's more like water on a stone than than, than uh, you know bashing the gates down and, and yeah. taking possession of the high ground. You know, it's it's uh, and when I was a young meditator and and, and, and 
uh, keen as mustard uh, on these sort of long retreats and um, meditating my heart out uh, until Claire could bear it no longer. <laughs> but, you know, I thought that... Come um, back, it, David. Always <laughs> forgive him. Come back, that's right. You've got two little boys who need you. Oh, dear. Oh, so, um, but, but I thought that, you know, if I, if I really, really... Uh, like there's, there's, there was other practices you did, like um, prostrations and visualizations yeah. and meditation. Yeah. But if I did it really, really intensely... I'd have some sort of, well, my favourite word, apotheosis, yeah. <laughs> a breakthrough, a yeah. kind of you know, a wonderful moment of sort of satori enlightenment, and it was really good. I, I, my body taught me otherwise. It was very, very interesting. I sort of had a, a momentary, like nanosecond of, of a complete loosening of the belly, like it literally felt suddenly like jelly. My, my tense belly, which had been so tense for so many years, yeah. just sort of turned like soft and like jelly-like but nanosecond later I felt every fear anxiety worry uptightness pissed offness every negative thing I'd ever experienced came warping in and, and almost I, I could feel my, my gut like someone had punched me mm. right in the middle of the solar plexus it went whomp and it all locked back in place and I was just astounded at the power of it. And I, at that moment, or very shortly after, I kind of realized you, you can't attack this. This is something mm. you creep up on. You work around the edges and mm. you hope. Yeah, very interesting. There's a message that I've received from people who know better, inverted commas, that you become its friend, whatever it is, anxiety, depression, the two words for it. Yeah. And I don't even know if I care those sorts of words, but that's what you're kind of talking about. Is it? Is that what you're talking about? Like just becoming, or maybe the word you, I think, used was accepted. Yeah. Somehow or other, you have to, you have to make accommodation and then kind of, yeah, I guess. Accommodation, that's an interesting word too. You recognize it's there. You can't actually battle it head on. Allow it to be. So you allow it to be and, and soften it over a period of time. You mm. soften it around the edges until it, it, it gradually, gradually, gradually becomes less and less and less important. Until you get to where you are now and you think you're blessed. I think that's such a, well, all power to you, David. How's that? <laughs> Thank you very much. You didn't have to become a monk after all. You just got to play on through. And well, I, I, it's interesting. You, you, you ask him, yeah, what, about, what are my, what are the new challenges coming up for you? Yeah, mm. that's an interesting one. I think, you know, getting, getting to my age is kind of, it's kind of physically a bit shocking. You know, you, you kind of look in the mirror and it's not the young man you're expecting to see. No, your mind's still okay though, hey? <laughs> but the mind is... It's not too bad, and, and yeah, there's a lot of good things as well, actually, about this age, which I, I don't mind at all. Tell us what those are. Well, I think I think it it, it is it is that you know you sort of there's that anxiety senses just sort of lessens the acceptance is much greater. The, the kind of experiences you had you've had are, are kind of there for you, and also I'm finding it interesting. I'm, I'm having sort of flashes of memory of things which I, I really hadn't thought about for a long, long time. And, and all of this is is definitely part of, of the aging, maturing process. And, yeah, that's interesting. I, to sort of contact um, states of mind and 
feelings and experiences that are, I, you know, haven't been there for such a long time. So that's interesting. But, you know, you, you, one's worry at this age is, 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 because I mean, I've, well, the only thing I can say is I've always been like forgetful. I, I put something down. I can't remember where the hell I put it. You know, that, and Claire is constantly saying, you just put it, you know, it's pathetic, actually. So, you know, I'd, I'd like that to be getting better, but I don't think it's getting better. But at least I don't think it's actually getting a whole lot worse. I think all my life I've been doing the same. Have you? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. especially pencils. Oh, I, oh, you know when you you want to yeah. put a mark on a piece of wood or something, and yeah. the pencil, where the hell did I put it? Oh, I my, know, actually, you were using it two you know minutes what else? ago. You know what else? Like, is spectacles. Oh, the spe- oh, oh, yeah. oh, God, don't tell me about it. That's fine. Like, where yeah. are those damn spectacles? Yeah, I just gotta have. I've just got a dozens of pairs around. The place. <laughs> I've got about three pairs in every room. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I've got to that stage. It's otherwise, it's, it's hopeless. <laughs> it's hopeless. <isn't> it? <laughs> Not you as well. That's the thing. Oh yes, totally, totally. Yeah, we, mm. the, 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 uh, the nickname for all my family and, and, and me and perhaps my older brother, particularly, was Vague Hague. Really. <laughs> It's not vaguely, vaguely. I just think that's like a play on your name because like so many people are like that, you know. Unless you're like a, I don't know, somebody's. I actually know somebody who's just boing bouncing off the walls, got so much energy, and she's all over the place, and and um, yeah, she would be vague at all. But most people I know are like back and vague. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most people are. Except once again, you know, my uh, my wife, she's she's not vague. No, she she's got a wonderful memory. Yeah. Um, did she go well, to university? No, she didn't. She went to um, she well, she did a degree later in life as a teacher. She did a teaching degree, but she did a hotel and and uh, hotel management and catering. At, uh, and she was at the um, Oxford Polytechnic when I was at the university, and I met her there. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Took a couple of years to fight off the other boyfriends. <laughs> did you, you obviously won. You came away with a I few did. bruises. I did. I won in the end. Broken yeah. front tooth. Yeah. But you, yeah. You but it was, um, and that was it just was... the fight you had with Claire. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she ama- amazed me. She came out and joined me here. Yeah. Which was oh. incredible. Look, she's... Um, she's I don't think she's in the room, is she? Is she in the room? Maybe she could. No, say, she, she, yeah. she, she went to, she she went to Wellington, yeah. Yeah, so, this weekend. Yeah. So, so you I can, can say what I like. You can say what you like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think she probably knew there was something special there, David, and um, I think she'd probably agree with you that... Oh, I was born under, under a lucky star in so many ways. Yeah, I definitely mm. was. Mm. But um, no, she's been a wonderful companion. Yeah. yeah, all power to you. Do yeah. you she obviously has uh, many hobbies. Do you? Uh, sort of slightly depressingly few, really. Um, I, I was a keen um, tramper and bushwalker mm. um, for, for about 25 years, I suppose. Until um, your knees went. Until, yeah, knees and back. And actually, the interesting mm. thing is that they've sort of come back again. You know, I had a... Bad ten years in my sort of late fifties, and now I, I, I've got over it. I think Pilates was that was a huge help. So anyway, well, that was one. Mm. Um, probably my the thing I enjoy the most is, is guitar, playing guitar. And no way, singing. that's what but, I love too. Um, do you? yeah, it's a 
You, you ask if I, if I had a superpower. The, the, the one superpower I'd really like, apart from having a better memory, uh, I don't, not, not really want a superpower. Mr. Memory. Please give me a memory. Would, would, would be to be able to write, you know, write lyrics like like Dylan or something. Oh, I mean, I, I'm just astounded. Not everything you write. Look, is that great. dude's an outlier. I've got to say. Yeah. Oh, it's just extraordinary yeah. how he comes up. They're, they're so. Oh, I don't know. They're, po- they're poignant, you know. But so many of his lyrics have just just hit it, and um, powerful. So that, that would be that would be the superpower for me. <laughs> powerful enough, yeah. Powerful enough to change people's consciousness. Yeah. Become anthems for generations. I don't know. I mean, he's not doing it now, obviously, but in the '60s, you know, blowing in the wind and oh, my God, yeah. you know, hurricane. Times are changing, but Times I mean, are changing, just yeah. beautiful. I mean, we forget how how just lyrically beautiful he was. I mean, uh, in other words, for something like, you know, a, a simple twist of fate or something, you know, about about love and loss and the poignancy of it, it it's just excruciating and exquisite. Uh, and, 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 and he puts these beautiful tunes with it and mm-hmm. as well. I mean, yeah, it's just such a, such a package. So you play acoustic guitar? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever made one? No. No, no. It's it's a there's a funny thing, and definitely a personality defect here. Um, uh, but I've got I, no, I've David. Got, no, yeah, no, very definitely. I've got I've got I've got no desire to make, and even though you know I'm, I'm perfectly capable of it, obviously, mm. but I, I'm I'm sort of a bit odd like this. I I want to make things that not 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 perhaps just because I'm a negative. I don't know, but I want to make things that that I make really well. Mm. I, I, and people make beautiful guitars. Mm. Why would I make a guitar which well, certainly wouldn't be nearly as good as the one I've got? Or the, not the first yeah, the one. one. Yeah, not the first one. And, and, and uh, yeah, it, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I, for a start, I wouldn't find the time. You know, I'm, if I'm in the workshop, that's the thing, I'm in the workshop I'm, I'm, I'm making the things I, I, I make. You know, as, that's also my living and my business. So I, I, yeah. I don't want to be in the workshop making things. You know, there's other things I want to do when I'm not in, if, if, you know, yeah. other, other than the shop. So I'd rather spend my time learning another dozen songs yeah. than make the guitar. Well, so you, what, what's the guitar you own? Have you got lots of them, or just one? No, I've got a, no, a very, very few. I've, I've, I've had, uh, I think, three guitars in my entire life. Four, four guitars in my entire life, um, and I'm sort of uh, thinking about getting a getting a new one. What one um, are you going to get? Well, there's a guy in in the states. His his guitars. Are, 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 his company is called Foggy Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really met, poor name, <laughs> isn't it? Foggy Bottom. <laughs> so he makes a. He makes a superb guitar, and I met him. Mm. He came here with a friend and uh, mm. travelled around. And I'd like to swap him one of his guitars for a rocking chair. One of these oh, days, that's what a he, great thing! Yeah, is he up which for? I'd it? Love, I'd love to. Yeah, he, he'd be up for it. Yeah, he'd be up for it. So, What's so his that's, name? That's a possibility. Um, it, it's <laughs> what was I saying about memory? <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> He's listening. <laughs> His name, if you're listening, forgive me. But that 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 would be fun. But no, I've got a little, a very plain little guitar by a, a couple of guys called Simon and Patrick, who mm-hmm. are Canadians, and they make a 
a, a kind of what you consider a, a mid-range solid top acoustic um, yeah. guitar, but and steel string. Yes, yeah, steel string. Yeah. Dreadnought yeah. size. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like the slightly bigger ones. Yeah, um, a little bit folky. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, the the I've had the, the the action got a bit high, so I, I I got a friend who's a very good guitar maker to uh-huh. to lower the action a little bit, and it made it lovely to play again. You know, it's yeah. worth, the worst thing is when you've got to press downs too hard. But I can just you know, it's pretty indulgent. I, I generally play for myself, but uh-huh. uh, and I think I think my biggest audience has been you know sort of family and friends around a fire at night. That's about. <laughs> Um, limited my, Do you sing my ambition. As well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been the hardest thing. I, I, I found that the hardest is to put the voice and the guitar together. But yeah. um, I've got better at that. Uh, I, I sing okay. Uh, it, I haven't got a um, a big range or anything, but no. uh, I sing okay. Yeah. Well, you do that. Are you the same? Do you sing and, and play? Oh, I don't sing. Uh, every time I try and sing, people tell me to stop. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not joking with that. Like it's. It, it literally got to the point where I just. I won't open my mouth and sing under oh, any circumstances. Um, but I've for a lot of last year. Every single day, I did some ear training. There's an app that you can get, and I spent ten minutes a day, and I did get better. I'm still not real great at it. But is it, that because you hit the wrong notes, or I just can't hear it? I'm, I don't have. Don't I've never had a good enough ear. And in fact, back when I was a teenager and I did want to be a musician, I just loved playing music. Loved music full stop. Still do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew in my heart of hearts that just wasn't going to happen because my ear wasn't there. And right. you, right. if you want to, I think if you want to do that sort of thing, you've got to have some some innate talent in the ear department. You can learn it. Learning it at 50, which is what I am, it's probably a bit late. But <laughs> you've got you to start well, somewhere. But I yeah. play all the time, yeah. and I've always been passionate about making stuff. And you know what? I've, for me, when I pick up a guitar, the first thing I want to do is go and make another pedal or make an amplifier or make, you know, uh, hunt down okay. a new, make a new amplifier. And I've got dozens of the bloody things now. I've got all sorts of guitars floating around. Lots of them are broken or in states of disrepair <laughs> because I haven't got wow. time to fix well, them. Well, that's, that's lovely. You're passionate about it. And, it's and, and great. Really it is great. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. great. What, yeah. what, what do you play? What, what music do you like? I mean, uh, sort of the classic anthems of the 70s and 80s? or uh, you not, know? not particularly, though. I'm a big fan of Led Zeppelin. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say... I wouldn't say anthems of the 60s and 70s. Look, Neil Young, love that dude. Yep. Bobby Dylan, for sure. Love Radiohead too. Yeah. I like a fair amount of electronica. I love Thomas Tallis and choral music from the 1600s. Okay, yeah. So, but what do I play? I really, it, it would be a blues-based sort of rock and roll kind of thing. It's getting a lot mellower, but that's just where I'm at now. I easily turn on some pretty heavy distortion but none of my playing would be metal or hardcore right right yeah much yeah. more um, yeah we probably we probably have a lot of a, a, a lot of crossover I, I would i would guess well uh, it sounds I like i tend to love yeah. love love uh, not, not so much yeah i i kind of 
basically, I love this sort of singer songwriter ly- lyrical songs. Yeah, they're the ones that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, Joni Mitchell and, and uh, I love Lou Reed. Uh, Lou Reed, gosh, yeah. Well, yeah. Velvet Underground, man. They... Oh, wow. What a sounding. Look, yeah. those dudes. And he, he again, again, one of these, I mean, his lyrics are just so cool. Mm. My God. And they just poured out um, and we're just sort of, um, oh, that kind of, um, sort of in your face kind of, you put it, ah, uh, like uh, almost mocking sort of mocking tone that he, which was so cool so, it's cool. so very New York hit. wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. oh it's great yeah talk uh, about authentic yeah absolutely yeah mm. yeah and interesting when you, you, you know you read about his life and uh, you know he, he like so, like um, like so many of these creative people like Leonard Cohen had a kind of deeply religious upbringing did he yeah he Catholic he was brought up very strong Catholic so interesting it, it primes you for for life in a way with with, with material that you can fight against um, yeah. but never quite deny you know you, you can't just at least if you do you, you do violence to yourself I think so it's, it's something you've got to somehow or other come to terms with you the know? truth is in the overcoming yeah yeah there's there's yeah, there's, there's something in that too but it, but it's it's material it's like it's like I remember a Buddhist teacher said them um, it's good to have either had really good parents or really bad parents <laughs> <laughs> no that's not because true it it's just you, good to have really good parents full it's stop it's great to have good parents but if, if you have really really bad parents <laughs> it's again it's, it, it's, it's like giving you something to work on <laughs> yeah but you can also be broken oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. danger is... Um, no, I, I'm, if, I'm not advocating for bad parenting. No, no, and even if you're not broken, you can just have struggle. I, I just, well, hey, we can't talk to Lorette anymore, but I just wonder if he would have preferred to not have that background at all, Do you know, <laughs> regardless of, of yeah. the muse that it might or might not have given him. Yeah. Maybe he would have been creative anyway. Maybe he would have been even more awesome. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I, it's, it was it was more more a comment about like what you have in within yourself, mm. like like a strong reject. I, mean, I remember there was one of uh, mm. uh, Jesus's sayings, which always always was an odd one. And it was like, if you are, I'm not hot or cold, I spit you out of my mouth. You know, it, 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 it it's better to be all one thing, all another. But the sort of bland in between, nothing much is doesn't doesn't kind of give you much. Mm. Anyway, I don't know if that's true. I don't actually know what that would mean. I'd have to think about that for a little bit. A lot of these things it pays to think about because you can't get them straight. Yeah, away. because it seems to me that the shades of grey is where you can make sense of the world rather than it being black or white or hot or cold. Yeah, but I guess a lot of Buddhists in, in the Buddhist sort of world or lexicon, they they. They're, a lot of the thing is about finding the energy for the path, as they say. It's how do you find it? How do you generate energy for the path? Because it requires energy. Plug yourself uh, into a wall socket. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's couple one of way. batteries, strap them to your heart, get your finger. Boom, 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 boom. Nice paper clip in the wall socket. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, it's a, it'd be a blaze of glory. <laughs> Out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except nowadays the safety switches, they get in the way, those little buggers. <laughs>
Anyway. When the apocalypse comes, will you have any useful skills? Uh, well, probably the thing I won't have is, is, is sort of the sheer ruthlessness you'd probably need. Um, I wonder about I that myself. I don't think I could. I don't. But, you know, I, who knows? But I'd, I don't feel I, I could kill someone to defend myself or my... I, I don't think I've got that in me, but, but mm. you know... You might be surprised. Knows? Who knows? I, 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 I think I could, you know, I, I could fashion a bow and arrow. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I could probably, you know, point stakes and stick them in the ground, and um, I, could, I could climb trees quite well. You uh, could build a hut. <laughs> I could build. I could build a hut, and, and I could. We keep chickens, and I've. I've, 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 I've actually. I say I'm, I'm, I don't. I couldn't kill a person, but I, I can chop a chicken's head off. And, can you? Yeah, and oh, yeah. and Claire, and Claire has got has got that rare skill of, of knowing how to pluck and gather a chicken. And we could sort of, in a crude way, fend for ourselves a little bit and grow things. And mm. it's just the defending ourselves. I think might might probably fall down on that. But what do you ask? <laughs> I think it's um, a pretty interesting question for people living in a modern world. Yeah, I guess I guess there's, there's that. Yeah, I guess people have a lot of. We're so far removed from being able to su- survive in a non-modern world. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't think an apocalypse is is imminent, but I just wonder. I certainly don't have any skills for an apocalypse. I don't think. That's interesting. You know, uh, my mother was really hot on this back in the back in the sixties. She was really yeah. ahead of her time in that. And um, when she because came to New the Zealand, Cold War. Because, well, more than that, it was her beloved English countryside. She could see just getting covered in oh. sprays and poisoned, and and the beautiful sort of mixed uh, farms, you know, with with a little different livestock and, and crop rotation and farmers who kind of understood the fertility and, mm-hmm. and the rhythms that respected that. And she wanted to emulate that in, a, in her own little farm in New Zealand and kind of in a, in a crazy way she did, but she really instilled, you know, her phrase was, you know, when the balloon goes up, <laughs> um, you know, and, and she really had a very strong, strong sense of that and instilled something of that in, in all her children. And, and she said, you know, you, 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 you must not become too squeamish about things. You know, you have to yeah, really. realize there is a sort of earthy simplicity in life and don't run away from it all the time and, you know, be mm. prepared to get your hands covered in earth and blood and guts or whatever if you need to. Whatever it takes um, because, at the time. Because it may, it may come to that. And um, she, fortunately in her life she didn't see it, but she, she, she was not at all sure it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so... We'd, we, I probably wouldn't be too bad. Claire and I would would, would not be the worst. We'd, we'd maybe grow a few crops and you know, mm. last a year or two anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How useful is art and craft to our society nowadays? Well, I I, I think you know, judging by the te- the teaching I do, it's the ability to make things in a, in a fairly simple, direct way is is still incredibly important to uh, uh, to a lot of people. And the, the, the artist, you know, the, uh, I've always been, been reluctant to call myself an artist because I, I, I think it kind of lets you off the hook of certain things that you, you should face. Mm. So uh, I, I'm happier if... What does it let you off the hook from? Um, 
I suppose, a, a certain amount of, of kind of responsibility in the world. What you know, you, you do hear people say, oh, well, you know, I'm not interested in, in the commercial world or doing anything about, I don't know, working in a little social club that's doing something because, you know, I'm... I'm you know, I, well, there's, there can be a preciousness among about about being an artist and mm. to self to self designate yourself as an artist is quite a strong kind of print to to give yourself and like many of these things I think there are there are pitfalls in considering oneself you know I mean an artist was always a privilege in a sense a privileged person in in society I don't know quite what I'm saying here Adrian actually <laughs> right. suffice to suffice to say um, I, I, when I think what Claire does with her children little kids that you know, she she teaches them not how to paint at, at all, but she she engages that lovely, open, creative exploration, mm. and and that's what being an artist is really facilitates about. the enjoyment of just the act. Yes, and 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 that that the creative act, you know, the creative mm. um, exploration and the creative act, and uh, ch- children have if if they're taught in the right atmosphere and environment, they they can often come with with beautiful things that mm. there's an know, innocence that, isn't there that it come, comes out of them yes there, mm. there is in a way yeah the way claire teaches art is just so lovely because she's very she knows her art like all the, the painting schools and the painters and she's mm. very very familiar with them because she she grew up with them so mm. so if she's going to if she's going to say run a class she, she she might say okay well the, the kids are going to draw sunflowers well, who drew the who drew and painted the the best sunflowers? Well, it was Van Gogh. So she'll she'll bring in five pictures that Van Gogh did of the sunflower. Mm. And say well, and a real sunflower. And say to the kids, well, there's a real sunflower, and here's how a wonderful artist painted sunflowers. Now you now you now you're going to have a go and see and and do it like that. So it's not like okay, children, a sunflower has twenty little petals, and you draw them like this. And then you colour them yellow with a bit of orange in the middle, and there's a bumblebee something on, you know, that, which is another way to do it. She doesn't do it like that. She kind of Much less shows them the best there ever was, and ever and, and could be, and then and then says, "That's your inspiration, and, yeah. and see what you come up with." Yeah. And um, I love that. That's that doesn't she doesn't like talk down to the kids. She 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 um, draws them out in, in in the best way. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not an artist, but do you think art and craft is useful at all? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I I mean, unfortunately, you know, nowadays everyone could live perfectly well without it. I don't think you you can. Well, you 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 could live in terms of, you know, you live in an apartment in in Shanghai. You don't need art or craft. You, you 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 can just you know switch on your TV, have your cell phone, your microwave, your food comes from the grocery. You know, it, you don't need anything hand made by no, hand. No, the word need is the operative word in this case, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you would live a life that would be. But 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 you diminish. Soulless. You diminish with, with yeah. yeah you, diminish you, you diminish without it. Your life is is less is impoverished, poor mm. without. And what I think I'm I'm seeing these days is actually more people want to do it themselves, almost yeah, want, want to buy it. And, you yeah. know, people now they they think, wow, I could buy a chair, but I could go and make one. Why is that? I'm noticing this too. 
I guess, you know, there are a lot of people in, in, in the developed world now who, who for whom actually the, the, the key thing is they have enough money. If they can find the time, it's what they do in there. You know, just sort of going to a beach and blobbing out or is not that interesting to, 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 to a, a, a lot of people. And amazing numbers of, of, of highly skilled professionals now will come and do a two-week, Four week, mm. even you know, numbers will will say, "All right, I'm going to have a year out, mm. and I'm going to do, do, learn furniture making." Men and women and, both uh, have wonderful, wonderful time doing it. Mm. Yeah, get and, right and, into and, it. Mm. It just has that that has grown and grown in the last twenty mm. years. Yep. to a degree that I wouldn't have thought possible. I, I, I'm wondering if it's an antidote yeah. to the digital world, yeah, not I'm modern sure. world anymore, but. I think it is. It is an. It is an anti. It, it is absolutely an, an, an antidote. Uh, you know, h- human beings are multifunctional mm. creatures. We are. We 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 can function across a broad spectrum. We can sail boats. We can invent motor cars. Go we to can. The moon. Uh, you mm. know, we can cook beautiful food. You know, there's there, mm. there, there's so many strands to uh, to to the, the potential of a human being, and mm. and um, if you cut off that. You know, if you sit in front of a computer too long and you cut off that sort of sense of... I mean, making craft work is it, it's actually at root to, to, to me and what I think of it is it's about invention. It's about the power of invention because everything you do, in a sense, you have to kind of invent the way to do it. You know, the way you pick something up, the way you hold it, the way you tackle a, a, a little problem. You, you, you're using a part of your mind which is very primal, very strong in a lot of people mm. and incredibly satisfying to get to grips with. Uh, when I finished my university degree and came out to New Zealand finally to live, I felt there was this huge part of me which was completely unexplored, which was that sort of desire to make and mm. invent and, and build. And I just hadn't done it. And it felt like a very distinct you know, lack in, in my being. And, well, I and, concur. Um, you, you agree with that? Yeah I, you, I, yeah, I really do. I think working with your hands is something. I think it's not just the mind. I think that the solving problems is something you can do just in your mind. But solving that problem with your hands is something that is quite, quite special. I think music, I think the guitar particularly has something that is pretty special along that line as opposed yeah. to other musical instruments. And I'm not denigrating those at all. But making things with a material is something that is so basic to a human life and not many of us get that opportunity these days and I'm not surprised that there's um, more and more people that aren't interested in so much as a vocation, although that may happen too, but more as a release. I'm using the word antidote now because I don't have another one, but an antidote to a modern way yeah. of life, which yeah. can be a bit alienating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, no, I, I, I totally agree, and, and I see it every every day with, with in, in the schools I, I, I teach at. Yeah, uh, people who just, uh, just, um, it, you know, it, it's a really, really strong, it's a strong urge in a very, um, you know, a very deep, profound one, and, mm. and uh, which I totally respect because I had it. Myself, oh, so ditto, ditto that. And just coming back to having, uh, like dealing with mental health issues and being physical as a way of dealing with those issues, I think making things is an awesome way. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. just allow time to disappear. Yeah, I, I, that, that's right. That, there's there's that, that sort of. Uh, and I, I mean, I think you, you, you know, I like it playing guitar, and, and uh, you know, great sports people get it on the sports field. Yeah, um, I wonder. I hadn't thought of that. Should have. Um, yeah. Is that true? Like, is that oh, I'm sure. I think. I think. You know, that when you, when you get into the, the, the flow of a game, I, uh, I, I think it's it's. You know, our, our, our profession, our practice is is much slower. More, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's the not, outcomes it's not are slower. Like, yeah. Outcomes are slow, but there's. But once you get used to that, once you you accept that, there's a sort of enormous, deep kind of satisfaction in in, mm. in, in seeing the piece created bit by bit by bit. Do you know, you just used the word flow, and there's a really interesting book called Living Well by a dude who has the most amazing name in the world. His name is Mahali Chiksent Mahali. It's a really killer <laughs> book, right? It's probably fifteen or twenty years old now, but he calls that sense when when time ha- is gone and you've lost yeah. it, that sense is he, he calls it flow, and yeah. people get it when they're challenged but not too challenged, and quite often making things with their hands. Yeah, and yeah. I found that um, making things perhaps not these days because there's different drivers now. But for many decades, making things in wood, it was just such a joy. It's all I wanted to do. Yeah, well, that's, you, you know, you, we, we, you and I, and, you know, I've had that, that experience. Are you, are, do, mm. do you, I, I, what, what are you doing now? What's your... Oh, I make, I make furniture every day. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah that's mm. out of the shop. Yeah, yeah, but it's it? not, it's not my shop. Not anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, um, that, Became that potential became impossible for me for a whole lot of personal reasons. Right, right, yeah. And there was either get a job or stuff. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true at all. But the 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 options became very small very fast and so that's what i've been doing lately but i still love making things i think human condition is is it's part of it to make things and not just to not just use your hands but use your mind at the same time it's well exactly people say you know you just use your hands it's ridiculous no 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 no. it's 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 like your hands do have a kind of a brain but my god you've got to no, be, if you're um, using your hands and you're not using your mind, that's a recipe for boredom. You need challenge. Yeah. But too much challenge is, is stress. And so there's a sort of a, a... there's a. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You've got to push yourself you know, quite hard. I guess it's a question of finding, finding the limit, isn't it? And if it's working well, you know, you're always pushing up close to that limit. You, you know, mm. it's... Um, and, and, and if things aren't going well, I think you've... You, you know, you've allowed yourself to sort of slip back to a kind of that kind of where things are too easy and too familiar. So you've got to find something. You've got to make something which is going to push, push your skills, push your push your level. <laughs> yeah. Having made uh, you know however many hundred rocking chairs I've made, I'm maybe I'm not the best person to say that, but Look, it's still a difficult thing to but make. This is all part of the question. It's still obviously rocking your boat, and there's something in that. That's, I mean, we, we've discussed that. You know, what is yeah. it? You know, it's not, for me, I need the the new challenge. So I'd know if I could make 200 rocking chairs. I don't know <laughs> if I couldn't. 
either to be to yeah. be completely honest yeah well i guess like uh, i guess uh, like claire claire did karate for, for many years and uh, right. uh, it's um yeah she's also she's also a third down second second down <laughs> black belt <laughs> the part of her many achievements oh my god yeah, oh, she, yeah. She's, she's great she's but it was uh, the, the 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 motto there was one uh, which is good for life one step at a time you know yeah, so cool. every, every rocking chair I, I i never set out to make I, I set out to make one rocking chair yeah, yeah. that was my aim and i did it and then i met, set out to make another one and and in a sense every chair has been that I, I haven't had, I haven't thought. Okay, now I'm going to make uh, a fifty, and mm. you know, I make one, and then another is ordered, and I make that, and another yeah. is ordered, and I make that, and every one is is itself. You know, yeah. it's not. And there's enough of a challenge in there to keep it, you know, enough handwork, for instance, or yes, that, that, and that's what we talked about last time. Mm. The, 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 the amount of handwork in it is is what keeps it interesting and mm. and live, and um, you know, you engage with it for that reason. Mm, we have talked about what the best decision you ever made was. Yes. <laughs> What's the hardest decision you ever made? Uh, pro- probably leaving leaving the leaving the family farm in 1980. Mm. That was uh, 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 it was a personal thing, a breakdown of relation, family relation, really. Yeah. Um, but you know, every all my sort of uh, dreams and hopes have been pinned on this organic farm and, and doing it with the family because, you know, the family had left and I had a vacuum there for a few years and I badly wanted to reconnect. But it, ultimately, it just didn't work. And, um, you know, uh, uh, we, 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 we split and that was very hard, but it had to be done. Uh, there was no question about that. Mm-hmm. But it just was a very hard thing to do because it just uprooted our, our you know, Claire, Claire's and my sort of little security and and hopes and we had two kids no, one kid by then and a beautiful little farm and and then we were just going to go out on our own and it was like whoa so I mean nothing you know shattering but it was seemed big at the, it was big at the time yeah. yeah a lot of these hard decisions we make have benefits oh yes yeah D- definitely um I mean, there's sometimes just no choices. There. You have to make a decision, and it's painful. Mm. But if you don't make that painful decision, you don't move on, and and, mm. and and then you get much worse stuck in sort of situations which are really not that not good. Or yeah, so yeah, I you mean, don't just, have to make the decision, but not making yeah. the decision is actually there's a period where a point at which where it's worse to not make a decision of any sort. <laughs> One thing keeps yes. status quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm very bad at that. Um, uh, just prevaricating, you know, uh, keeping keeping from the need to make a decision as mm. long as I possibly can. But uh, eventually, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Sometimes taking the quiet approach. It, it's um, yeah. Just the way you it, work, isn't it? It, it it is. You know, definitely. There's things sometimes you have to get on with and should do and put off doing. And really putting putting it off is just being pathetic, actually. And um, yeah, I'm quite capable of doing that. The vacuum, not mowing the grass. You haven't <laughs> mowed the grass. It's only going to take you three hours. You've got twenty acres. Get credit. That's right. So you know, prevarication is yeah. It's, it's often um, one, one, one's enemy. So yeah, hard, hard decisions. That's I mean. You know, we, we slag off, you know, everyone does, and we all do all the time, our, you know, our politicians and our, our leaders. But I do sometimes think those guys 
actually have to sometimes make bloody decisions about quite big they things. They do need to make hard decisions all the time, but you know what? They make self-serving decisions for them and their party and their constituents, and quite often those decisions are made. Yeah, in, without. In, without yeah. concern for yeah. the bigger picture of the people that voted them in. It's much more about their real politic and they should be reviled for that rightly i've got no time for our current crop of self-serving dicks that are in parliament for the most part i I, i'm probably i I probably over the years just got a bit kinder towards such people just because (laughs) i've never done it (laughs) (laughs) that's right because they're good mates of mine (laughs) No, just because I, I I think you know to want to be a politician you've got to be a bit insane anyway really but mm, but you know maybe. we invest people who we invest people it? with this yeah we invest exactly who would choose it really do but you know, people do I'm just going to put this out there my son will choose it I think okay yeah my 18 year old yeah. firstborn yeah. Very, very keen to change the world and has the ability, the intellect and the leadership skills to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. No, that's that's, great. That's the ambition. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my, my eldest son was perhaps a little the same. He he ended up, well, actually, he hasn't ended up, but he did for a number of years... um, uh, run the, uh, the secondary school teachers union. Okay, I thought you were saying you ended up on a park bench. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no way any of your kids are doing that. Um, he, he had a def- definitely. We, I mean, we were quite a political family, really. Yeah, and uh, yeah. t- Tom was very left wing and very yeah, right. uh, very interesting. Has he got over that? Yeah. What is? Yes, it's that cruel. That cruel saying that Winston Winston Churchill's wasn't it? Um, if you're not a socialist at 20, you've got no heart. And if you're not a conservative at 40, you've got no brain. <laughs> yeah, let's not listen to Winston Churchill. I know a lot of people have uh, him as one of their heroes, but Winston, while being completely brilliant as a politician, had some serious flaws in his personality, in my personal opinion. I, I've read his, 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 his account of the World War World War Two, which was, which was brilliant in 12 volumes. Oh, I look, totally know. brilliant, but also very self-serving. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. I read it quite un- 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 uncritically, in a way, for a historian, and just thought, you know. But again, though, this was, you know, this was <laughs> talking about making hard decisions again and again mm. and again and again. Yeah. And uh, and he had the balls to do it. Look, and I, um, he didn't get yeah. it all all right, but it, he didn't get it all wrong either. And uh, and rightly a hero for some of those decisions. Yeah, I mean, some of the hardest decisions you could possibly make, which involved, you know, sacrifice and loss of, of human beings. And he was yeah. not a heartless man. Um, mm. Boy, you know, uh, yeah. he, he, at, the, at the time he was he was he was a, 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 a probably what I, well, I don't don't know what would have happened otherwise. I mean, the, the other options in the uh, in the cabinet they, they would have they would have come to an accommodation with Hitler almost certainly and mm. um, England might have been a little rump of a of a very very unpleasant Europe which who knows might still be going Heaven help us. Yeah, look, hey, you know, there have been extremes in the world. I think um, Russia under Stalin was an extreme that came to an end. Maybe Germany under Hitler would have come to an end in a similar way. What about America under Trump? Oh, look, well, yeah. Things are getting pretty strange. 
things are getting very divisive, which um, yeah. I think is always a bad move. And when it's divisive by manufacture, which is what the way it seems to me, I'd, I'd be wanting to question the motivations behind that divisiveness. I, I can't see anything good coming out of that. No, no, me neither. Like unity is really far more successful in the long run. And, and, and sort of inclusiveness. And we sort of thought that everything was trending that way. And then in this last five years, everything is... Yeah, okay. Well, so a lot of we're, we're one country removed. I mean, you're in New Zealand, I'm in Australia. We, we do have a limited... For heaven's sake, we didn't even grow up in the American culture. Yeah. So we've got a limited scope on, on what media will feed us and also how our personal upbringing can feed into our, our view on somebody else's country. I mean, it's their country. They voted the dude in, you know? They did. Yeah, yeah, they did. The same as and, New uh, Zealand voted your prime minister in and my country voted our current prime well, minister. Well, actually, in our country, it's not, that's not really quite, 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 quite what happened. Um, it was a case of really the tail wagging the dog, the, uh, you know, the party, <laughs> party that had the... Uh, they had uh, enough. <laughs> they just they they had the balance, and um, um, they they could they could legitimately legitimately have just as easily gone the other way, and we could have had uh, um, a national party leader, but he went the, he he went oddly in some ways he went the other way, and so maybe just maybe he just really fancied her. Possibly he he literally twice maybe raised, I think. there's a love <laughs> child involved. Disprove <laughs> <Wow>. that. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's Stranger Things. <laughs> How would you be to be a Prime Minister with... I mean, it's bad enough that Tony Blair had a little... I just can't imagine how much time you'd get to spend with yeah. children uh, and yeah. running a country... Well, you, you'd have to adopt the old-fashioned, somewhat old-fashioned approach and, 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 and you, you know, you, you just accept, you know, you're not... You, you'll have what quality time you can and it, as long as... And this is my thing with children: is as long as you've got one, preferably two adults who are kind of looking out for you. You know, you'll, you'll generally do fine. Whether it's actually your mum or your dad is less important, but you've got to have you've got to have that someone who's really looking out for you mm. and um, takes literally takes care of you, uh, keeps an eye out for yeah. you. And the way we've done it, all relying so much on these fragmented um, little tiny nuclear family units is is not proving great you know it's and 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 again and again it's things like the school that actually is is a, a community yeah. that, that that really brings kids up and you know gives them gives them the sort of white you know that, that sort of deeper wider input because it's just too much so well, oftentimes it's just too much for one mum or one dad or one mum and dad or you know often with no relations nearby. I mean, it's just so hard. We've we've relegated child rearing as as just a sort of uh, something that the it's got to be fitted around the way the commercial whole commercial world works, you know. And um, mm. it seems nuts, really. It does. <laughs> it it it's completely nuts. And and, and just produces. So much, uh, yeah, sort of un 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 unhappiness, as, as well as amazing stuff. I mean, the world, you know, we forget that really the world right now is probably in, in lots of respects the best it's ever been. You know, there's, uh, there's I less. think on any sort of metric that you care to look at, there's pretty good evidence to say that it, it's as good as it, it's ever been, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 
I feel we're feeding our kids a you know, diet of gloom and, and doom, which is which we which we shouldn't. You know, it's not good. Maybe they can see through that though. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they do. They can. I mean, yeah. just to put those last comments in perspective, if if we were living in nineteen. 19- 20 as opposed to 2020 we would be having a very different conversation we would have just finished world war one and the horrors of that would be well and truly in our minds and we'd be looking down the gun of communism and nazism as a viable alternative to some other ways of governance in our future would be world war two and all sorts of horrors there. So if anyone out there is thinking that 2020 is going to, you know, what we're looking down the the barrel of is maybe a climate change disaster. Yeah. If we were in 2040, maybe we'd have some hindsight behind us, but let's hope that we can get it together to avert any of those real issues coming to haunt us later. Yeah, we haven't, we just don't have it. The crystal ball, but now you know. I mean, you think about it. There's not many people who get to my age and older. But you think, you know, I was born in 50, 1955. Um, so people ten years older than me, born in forty-five. So you're up to seventy-five years old. Not too many people would have lived their whole life and never had to fight in a war. Mm. Not over the last couple of hundred years. I think my children would say that your generation, of which I'm kind of on the tail end of, I guess, really had it the very best. And that's because of the potential of prosperity. But once again, we're looking in hindsight. You know, when you were young, there wasn't prosperity. No, there, there, no, there wasn't. But there was an enormous in, in England and, and and a lot of places that the sort of the social conscience and the social contract that governments enacted mm-hmm. um, meant that you know ge- uh, there was a genuine political, social, economic will to improve people's lives as, as uh, you, you know in all sorts of ways. Now? We've got plenty of you know. Social um, it, and... it does, it does. But a lot of it rides on the back of what happened just after the war. You know, I mean. You know things like the sort of cultural things that we take for granted that that were for people. You know, like uh, you know the growth of art galleries and museums and um, yeah, theatre and that sort of thing. No. <laughs> no, they're probably not right now. But no. but you know that's a, we're kind of running down that 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 legacy in 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 many respects. You know, there was a genuine desire that and an assumption that you know the children of of our parents um, that that us lot would be better off and better informed and have better health um, than they do. My kids are definitely telling me that they don't feel that that's going to be the case. No, no, that's really sad. I don't know why that's turned around so much. There's a bit of, what's the right word? Is animosity too strong? There's a thing that my, I'm talking about my personal children, but yeah, they they just don't think we've managed it properly. And I think they'll be holding us generally not you and me personally but us generally accountable for the the shit that they've got to clean up regarding climate change and whatever else you might bring up because make no mistake they will change it yeah yeah whether they'll do it good or bad remains to be seen but they will change exactly exactly you know will will they inherently be any any less prevaricating self-serving than than our generation probably will but they won't have any choice They'll probably be just as self-serving. 
<laughs> because yeah. they'll be corrupted by power like just like anyone else. Yeah, but yeah. the fires in Australia are a testament to the need for um, a change of thinking. I think, I personally think there's been a fundamental shift in the consciousness of the way we see what we've been doing to the world and that it's just gone too long and whatever it is the politicians are doing about it is not enough and they need to change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a, the fires in Australia, here in Australia, that the feeling over this summer has been, it's gone on too long and you can be right left or in between yeah it's got to change got to do yeah. something now yeah yeah well you know like uh, unfortunately that's always what it takes for human beings isn't it something really bad before people will really finally stand up and say come on this is just nuts this mm. cannot continue um, and Australia suffered the you know, huge trauma with all with all of that. And um, you know, you'll probably you'll probably now be in the vanguard of uh, of climate change. Wouldn't and, that um, be interesting? From being woefully behind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wouldn't be surprised because I think you're right. Well, I think there's a sea, a sea change has happened um, mm. because you know those millions of people on, down the east coast. You know, they were sucking in smoke for too long. Oh and, no. Um, it, it was completely no, it bananas, was, and not just not in the, funny. And Kangaroo Island, which was a, a true treasure, is just devastated. Yeah, incinerated. No, incinerated. it's just horrifying and, and, and so sad. Mm. So, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to... Um, yeah, it's time to wrap. How can people get in touch with you? I've got an email, um, uh, David Haig, uh, NZ at gmail.com. Yep. Bloody good. You can send mail in the post. <laughs> and they can write. <laughs> you can come and knock on your door. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm always very – and the, the, the wood school here in my play, I'm always very open to, to you yeah. know, people interested in woodworking. What's the wood school? Uh, the wood school is a centre for fine woodworking, so that's um, cfw.co.nz. Mm. Are you part of the management body of that? No, no. Just it, to take it, you – not just in touch with news, we're just you. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm one of the one of the um, instructors, yeah. um, and I took on the, the sort of uh, lead instructor for the full time program uh, role about three years ago. But they subsequently um, mixed mixed and changed it up. For, you know, for that's just the way it's gone. So my, my direct teaching role has become it's just, it just decreased over the last three years, which has been fine. It's, it, 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 that's, they've got a program which involves bringing in different people mm. and mixing it up quite and a bit. broadening so, it in as a consequence of that. Yes, and I, and, and actually, I, I think it's worked. It worked. It's worked very well. It's it's, it's rather mm. too easy for institution to get tied up with one one person and one one approach, mm. and the school wanted to avoid that. So, and yeah. I, I was happy to avoid yeah. that. So we sort of kicked it off again, and it's 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 going very well. Yeah. yeah. It's going. Uh, a lot of people from Australia go there, and yeah, we've got a young guy, uh, Will, from uh, who was working with Evan Dunstan. Yep, and um, he's over on a on a kind of scholarship, hey. doing internship with uh, no, doing being in the workshop with Michael Fortune, who's doing an yep. artist in residency. That's right, and it's having, he's having a fabulous time. Of course, he it works is really well. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Of course, he is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Of course, he is. Yeah, he's a very bright, lovely young guy, actually. Mm. 
Bloody good, David. It's been such a wonderful thing to chat to you. I've, it's been, it's, I've enjoyed it's been, this immensely. Oh, well, that's, that's great. So have I. Um, it's, we've had some really interesting sessions. Mm. <laughs> you probably know me as well as anyone now. <laughs> and maybe I, maybe, and, and, and me a little bit, well, a little bit more of you. You've, you've kept it a nice balance. You've sort of, it's not been all one way traffic, which is nice. Yeah, except um, you haven't heard the edit yet. <laughs> Well, you get to, I'm, I'm sorry you've got such a lot of material to wade through. But, oh, um, no, I, David. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's no. to be brutal. No, no, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get brutal. What I do is just get the flow right. I take out the ums and the ahs and the pauses is pretty much all I do. Yeah, yeah. I would think I probably won't be able to get to editing this conversation for about four weeks. Oh, God. I mean, there you go. You spent the t- two hours of your... Of your of your evening now, four hours probably just just talking with me. So, <laughs> no, but that's the gone. pleasure. And look, I've got to say, editing is part of my pleasure too because there's a lot of skills that I'm learning. It's part of my antidote to boredom. And yeah, this well, is, this is rocking my boat big time. I think it's look, it's a win, 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 win. Everyone's winning. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, good on you to do, to doing yeah. this. It's a big, it's a big thing to take on. And uh, yeah, and, and it was, it's supposed to be. Well. And I've got like a big agenda that I'm I want to fulfil with this. This is part of it. It's not the end result. It's you know I want to do a lot of travelling and teaching, and this is this is part of all of that. So yeah, yeah, I have no problem. But the editing does take me. It's about. If we have a two-hour conversation, it'll probably take me six hours to edit it maybe at the moment. Yeah. But that's that's a skill thing. It's going yeah. to hopefully change. Yeah. I'm working really hard on getting the audio as best I can. Yeah. That got to the point where I needed some specialist help, which I've had. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'll let you go. Thanks, well, thank you. Thank you.